1: Please clap. It it's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison
0: Woo! All
2: right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I am your host, Mike Madison, the man of many unpopular opinions, but I appreciate those of you who hang in there with me to hear them every day. Uh, We've got lots to get to today. I'm actually going to do a quick rundown of several different stories. Won't have time to get deep into any of them because so many things have been happening just over the past week. Hard to believe we're at the end of 2023 and... 2024 is going to be quite a year, isn't it? Being an election year, it's going to be especially annoying to me because I realize how ridiculous our elections are and the caliber of people that we we have running for our offices. But nonetheless, it will be an action-packed year for sure. I, w- I wanted to start off today's show really kind of dovetailing. Look, I got into a little bit of health stuff with the, the scam that's being run on people with this uh, antidepressant to uh, weight loss drug pipeline that's going on right now. But I, it it has reawakened the passion that I have for talking about nutrition stuff. There's nothing more important to me than getting control of your health. I really don't care how much money you've got. If you do not have your health, um, not many other things really matter. Now, I, I recently have a, a dear, dear friend, somebody I'm very fond of, that is really showing me the stranglehold, the, the mental stranglehold that the medical establishment has on most people. It's really kind of astounding because this girl, she, she knows, she kind of knows the game, but wrestling her out of the mainstream system that has failed her for now, I, I, I tried to figure it out the other day, it's like 15 years where she's been struggling with one thing or another and trying to get her to escape the system, even though they failed her for 15 years, has been difficult. I'm sure I have similar blind spots somewhere else in my life as well, but it, it, it is, it's hard to watch. But I talked a little bit uh, last week, I think it was, when I talked about the fact that your food, your food is not made by farmers any longer. Most of the food that Americans consume is, is really built for you. It's created in a lab, not on a farm. It's not growing out of the dirt. It's coming out of vats by big food companies that manipulate formulas to get you addicted to some of the worst nutritionally speaking food. And I'm going to say it, air quotes here in the studio, food that most people eat. But I ran across this clip by a doctor. His name is Dr. Sean Baker. Sean Baker. He's big on YouTube for the carnivore diet. I believe he's either a, uh, he's a heart surgeon or an a, uh, a orthopedic surgeon. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but he's in the medical field. He's got some interesting things about uh, the carnivore diet. I'm not necessarily pushing anybody towards that radical change, but it was just interesting. He, he told a story that just kind of backed up what I was trying to explain to people last week. When it comes to your food, who is actually creating it?
1: He's a dude out in Montana, right? He was 770 pounds, right? Same sort of situation. Started drinking cokes when he was he, when he was 14 years old. I'm doing an interview and he, he goes, "Yeah." I saw, "You know, I didn't, I didn't know who he was." And he starts telling me, "He goes, yeah, when I was 14. I was 600 pounds." I'm like, "What? 600 pounds at 14?" It's like, how the hell can you get the 400? You know, their, their poor family and his mom and sister and everybody in the family is, you know, very obese. And they had tried gastric bypass and it didn't work for them. But same thing with this kid. I mean, he's just like, I call him a kid, he's 40. He went carnivore for the first time in his life. He's like, I don't need the sugar and I don't need the Coke. He was drinking like 20 Cokes a day or some ridiculous stuff. And he just blew up and blew up and he could not stop until, and this is why one of the reasons I think, I think they know this. I mean, the food industry Knows they're making addictive food. They clearly know that. In fact, I had a gal who worked for one of the major food manufacturing companies, and her job she was a, she was a chemist, uh, and her job was to design food to be as addictive as possible. And she literally told me that she goes, "I can no longer get live with the guilt, and I want to come work for you guys." And you know, she was just so like just beside herself. She says she realizes what she's created with this epidemic of disease and suffering. I mean, because these people are suffering.
2: No, that's exactly right. Her job was to create foods that were as addictive as possible. I just tell you that if you're buying foods out of a bag or a box, and we're all guilty of it. I am as much as anybody else, but at least I know the game that's being played. And so if I find myself trending towards one of these addictions because I've consumed some of these addictive foods, I can pull the reins, make a U-turn and say, not today, not today. You don't get me. I uh, wanted to do a little bit of economic stuff as we start off here because th- this is another one of these videos. You know, people kind of be moaning where they are in the economy right now. There's a lot of these videos out there now, and I do believe that this is a tough time for people. You know, homes are unaffordable. Rents have gone up. Uh, we, you know, Inflation, wages have not kept up really for 40 years but with the last bout of inflation, which is prices may not be rising as fast as they were, but they're not coming down. They're not coming back down to where they were before. So I understand people are struggling. I'm also aware that had we had social media to this, and and, and in this particular case, the only social media that I use is Twitter. um, If we'd had this years ago, TikTok and real whatever the some of the instagram these things where these videos are made i am aware that you know these kinds of complaints probably could have been made after the great financial crisis in the early 2000s in the early 1990s i remember the the recession of the early 1990s you know a lot of my friends could not find work in their degrees a lot of people went into restaurant business waiting tables doing things for a few years so you know I understand that this is this is like everything else. It's kind of like the trans issue or any of these things. Social media really just takes things and amplifies it. But this is undoubtedly a difficult time for Americans. And it's just been steadily progressing more and more uh, in, in a more difficult trend for people for decades now. People are just now really kind of coming to grips with it. But So I'm going to play this video. Again, it's another in a long list. I could play one of these or two of these or three of these every single show if I wanted to. There's so many people out there that are just frustrated and understandably upset with how difficult it is to make ends meet now. But I wanted to play this one uh, in particular because at the end, there's just one conclusion that nobody seems to draw. And it just is—I don't understand it.
3: We have elderly— Who, in order to put food on the table, are having to go work at Walmart even though they're 80 years old? Does he realize that people who are in their 30s and 40s, who do have a job, who do have a good career, have moved back in with their parents because they can't afford the price of rent and they can't buy a home right now because the interest rates are so high and the prices of homes are still high? And then you add on property taxes and then you add on home insurance people can't afford that and it's not as simple as go get a better job go get a second job it's not that simple telling a mom like me to go get a second job when i'm already working a full-time career and i already have a two-hour commute every day i don't have time for that okay so what i go get a second job and now i'm never with my children how is that worth it oh and now i have to go pay more daycare expenses how is that worth it okay we have a lot of people in this country, in this world, struggling? And the answer is not to bury your hand in the, head in the sand and act like nothing's going on. Do not tell me the economy is booming. The economy is not booming when people are struggling the way they are. And I, when I mean people, I mean people that have good jobs, who have good degrees, who have two incomes coming in their house and the family is still struggling. That's not a booming Economy.
2: economy. <laughs> and she's right. And this is... You know, this is in response to the ridiculous thing coming out of the Biden administration, which is we've got this booming economy. I think her, uh, Biden's press secretary, Jean-Pierre, came out and said something along these lines, although I can't even listen to her speak. But I will tell you also that Donald Trump, while the economy was better under him than it is right now, uh, it was a lot of funny money printed up during the Trump administration too that led to this and led to this inflation. And when Donald Trump comes out and says we had the greatest economy that the world has ever known during his uh, administration, that's just a flat out, it's either just a lie or it's abject stupidity. There's uh, There's no metric that you can use with that economy and say it was the greatest of all time. It's just ridiculous. But Obviously, right now, while they try to gaslight us into telling us we've got this great economy, it is quite simply not true. But here's the thing to me that I, I really find I really find amazing. Because I see all of these videos, and, it, and not in one of these videos or any articles written about this or the stories about the struggle or when I see talking heads talk about how uh, people are falling behind. Nobody stops to say, maybe we should rethink this idea of how much of our wealth is stolen on a, usually for people, a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly basis through the federal income tax. I mean, it's not even discussed, and we're not talking about a small amount for those of you who pay any attention. I know most of us just look at our checks and go, well, this is what we've got to work with. And we just pretend like the rest was just, you know, the price we paid for a great civilization. But but nobody even mentions this. We're talking about uh, if they take 25% of your income through federal taxation, I'm not even talking about sales taxes, gas taxes, property taxes, everything else that the ways you're taxed. But if you just look at a 25% federal tax rate, when it's all said and done, many people are in that tax bracket that leaves you with 75%. If you got that 25% back, that's a 33% raise. Now, most people are conditioned to believe that getting a 4 or 5% raise in a year, I mean, if you get a 10% raise in a year or if, if it was every year, you can only imagine how excited everybody would be. I got another 10% raise. That's not normal in our society, nor should it be. We shouldn't need these giant raises because... Absent government spending, we wouldn't have this inflation. We, it wouldn't be so dramatic that we need uh, these raises. But if, if you paid 25%, you got left with 75% of your money, that would be a th- a, giving that money back to you would be a 33% raise every year. And, and really, the only conclusion that I can draw from this is that the American people have completely accepted slavery as inescapable and something that can never be changed. You know, she mentions in that video the elderly. How many elderly Walmart greeters right now have ever stopped to think how much money was stripped from them during their productive lives through federal taxation to be sent to Israel, to be sent to Ukraine, to be flushed down the toilet studying the the transgender mating habits of the pine nut tree frog? I mean, we can go on and on paying for the $400 hammers uh, that the military uses. I don't have time in this week, this month, this year, this decade to sit here and talk about the waste, fraud, and abuse in our federal government. I was listening to a Actually, this was Tucker Carlson was talking about the fact that, you know, he's lived around Washington, D.C. He said he was always kind of amazed and had a conversation recently with some people. And he was saying, I've seen four or five real estate transactions close to my house. This is Tucker Carlson speaking, where he said people in the CIA were buying four million, eight million, twelve million dollar homes. Excuse me? These are federal employees? How the hell... Does somebody who works for the CIA afford a $4 million home? Tucker was scratching his head about that, as do I. But do any of the elderly people who are greeting at Walmart, who really don't want to still be working, they want to be enjoying grandchildren and relaxing a little bit, as we all do in our retirement? How many of them stop and think, if they only hadn't robbed me of that money? No, almost none. I'll answer the question. I'll answer my own question. Almost none. Because I've never heard it said. How many millennials out there could afford their rent and food and gas and live out on their own and not depend on their parents right now if they got a 33% raise from where they are right now? How many middle class people that are currently drowning in debt could be free of that debt if they didn't have to fork over 20, 30, 40% of their money to the harebrained schemes of Washington, D.C.? Am I the only person in America that sees this? Am I the only talk show host that will come and explain to you that there was no income tax, zero, prior to 1913? And I don't know if you studied any history, prior to 1913, we had a government, we had an army, we had a legislature, we were a fully functioning country and we were actually rapidly ascending in the world. We had zero income taxes. Yet now people just think, well, it's necessary. It's just what it is, Mike. There's just no point. My little voice, and, and believe me, I, I understand that frustration. My little voice isn't making any change because I you know it's it's nowhere. Now, we've got Ted Cruz out there right now. I'll go ahead and get into one of our news stories. Ted Cruz is out there right now. He's He has put together a bill, I guess, in the Senate where he is proposing that they abolish the IRS and give us a 10 percent flat tax. There's all kinds of things about that idea I love. The only problem is the 10%. That 10% should be 0%. We should not pay a tax on productivity in this country. When you tax something, you discourage it. And this is one of the reasons why people who are on social benefits actually end up coming out better than they would if they actually got up and went to work every day one of the big reasons for that is taxation, and it's such an easy lesson to tell, to teach. Now, I've, I've got young kids that are just getting out into the real world, and boy, did I not pounce on when they, when they were saying, well, I worked all this time, but this is all my check was. This is since high school when they got their first jobs, and I certainly let them understand it. I, we went through it line by line by line. But they will be absorbed into a larger society of people who have settled on slavery, unfortunately. That's where we are right now. And people will say, well, Mike, you're being a little hyperbolic. It's not slavery. I get to, be- Well, I- I've asked this question before. What's the line? You know, when we had actual slavery in this country, you know, they had some free time, right? Some time that they could spend just with their families. They weren't working 24 hours, seven days a week. What was that line? What was were they eighty percent of their productivity was taken away from them? That classified them as slaves. So now the people who are only spending sixty percent on every level of taxation throughout our society are you that much more free? No, I mean I I just asked the question. There were sharecroppers. I've done this. The taxation on the slaves in Egypt. Back in the, the days of the pharaohs was, I believe, 23%. It's half of what we spend on our tax burden here in the United States. I just say this all to say. There's a pretty easy way to put a lot of money back in the hands of American citizens, and it's all good. It would shut down parts of the government, would stop them from wasting money. You would actually, the harder you worked, the more you would make. Period. Period. Can you even imagine then if we could throw off the socialist, Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid that all the Republicans are tripping all over themselves to tell you that they're going to protect because Republicans are, anyone, anyone, socialist light. In some cases, just flat-out Socialists, but they're socialist light. But I just put this out there because Americans need a whole new mind shift. This is such an easy solution, but for some reason, it's one we're scared to even ask
0: for. We'll be right back. I was born, a shotgun in my hands. Behind the gun, I'll make my final stand. Yeah, and that's why they call me.
2: You know, there's a a great saying. It, one of the uh, one thing that everybody should embrace, really, particularly the left. If, if the left could embrace this and understand it, we might get somewhere. And I, someone I heard recently attribute this to Thomas Sowell, which would not surprise me at all. Thomas Sowell is a brilliant ma- man who understands economics too. But the saying is, there are no solutions; there are only trade-offs. And that's really very true. You know, I talk about elimination of the federal income tax. Well, a whole lot of things would happen that could be considered negative. I mean, you might actually have to shrink the size of the government. This would force a lot of people out of work. It could actually initially hurt the economy until the all that new flush cash that Americans have. I think this would be very, very short-lived problem. Everybody with more money in their pockets would spend, and then businesses would grow, and they would hire, and new innovations would be funded. But, you know, this, this idea that, uh, that the government can come up with solutions, so if you just give them enough money, they're going to fix things. There's always a cost to that, and I can't imagine a bigger cost than stripping the citizens of your country of the ability to, to spend what they earn. To build wealth with their own hard work. That's what we've done here. We, we've destroyed that. There's a study out. 93% of 2023 home buyers regret their purchase. According to a new study by Clever Real Estate, a whopping 93% of recent home buyers and 95% of home sellers have regrets. Up from 72% and 90% in 2022, respectively, a majority of Americans think it's a bad time to sell a home, 51%, and an even worse time to buy at 53%. 93% of people regret buying a home in 2023. I can see there's all kinds of reasons for that. Really, you know, as I've said, one of the big problems I think we've had in this country is the commoditization of our homes, where they've convinced us this is great investment. If you have a home that you can comfortably afford and it's in a neighborhood that you like with neighbors that you like and it's convenient to the things that you want it to be convenient uh, to and you like the layout, if you're comfortable there, that's what you should be concerned with. But I don't think that's what's on most people's minds now. I would imagine the majority of people who bought homes in 2023 so far are realizing they are going to be wildly upside down in these homes, possibly for many, many years I'm going to take a quick break here, come back, got a few quotes of the day, and we'll start going into some rapid-fire news. Lots going on these days. We'll cover it when we come back. Stick around. A little bit of loneliness, a little bit of disregard, a handful of complaints, but I can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars. What I want you to want, what I want you to feel, but it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you to just believe this is real. So let go watching you, turn your back like you always do. Way all right we are back this is the mike madison show 1039 wyab i just have my two hours a week now on the radio which i appreciate the fine folks at wyab giving me but i don't have the 10 hours i had and to be honest with you i don't know i'm the best mind changer and and one thing I'm going to do a little bit more often for to try to lead people towards the ideas of more freedom by some very respected people in the world is maybe feature some other libertarian thinkers. I don't know if anybody saw it, but recently Tucker Carlson did an interview with Dave Smith. Dave Smith is the he's a comedian. Uh, be prepared if you listen to his regular show. Not his Tucker interview so much, but in his regular show, you're going to hear some some no no words. He is an adult-themed comedian, but he's a very, very smart guy, and he's a comedian. Tucker Carlson just sat down with him for an hour and did an interview. It was fantastic. There's some clips out of that I need to find and play. Tucker Carlson's view on cheering on war and the death of people is not good for your soul. It's one of the things I've said on this show many, many times. probably doesn't make much difference when I say it to hear Tucker say it. Maybe people will stop and think about it. But, you know, so many people now are fed up with both of the political parties, both Republicans and Democrats. Unfortunately, on the Republican side, they believe they have this savior outside of the Republican Party. I'm going to probably spend some time during election year explaining to you this will not be a savior for you the same way it wasn't a savior for four years. I don't know if anybody paid attention. 2020, not exactly our freest year ever at the end of the first four years. But for the people who are looking for something outside of the Republican or Democrat Party, uh, there are other ways of thinking, and that's uh, libertarians. They just won in Argentina. And while I'm not saying the Libertarian Party is the answer, I sure would love to see Republicans at least try to find more lib- libertarian-leaning, some more Thomas Massey rather than Michael Guest types. More about that in a minute. Michael Guest, I guess, finally had a win in our Congress, didn't he? He kicked out George Santos, another Republican. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the guy in charge of the border, he's still in his job. <laughs> Joe Biden, he's still stumbling downstairs in our name. But they did get rid of a lying Congress critter, George Santos from New York. Boy, if lying and misappropriating money and doing all other me, all other kinds of weird, bizarre, immoral behavior is a prerequisite for getting kicked out of Congress, then there'd only be about three people sitting in that uh, in that uh, house every day. Anyway, uh, long rambling way to introduce this clip. This is uh, Tom Woods. He's somebody that is, I think he's very level-headed, very well thought. He's, he dresses nice, wears a tie a lot of times. Very, he's a thinker, uh, and he's a libertarian guy. And I just thought, uh, this is a pretty good clip I ran across from a speech he made a long time ago. And I want you to think
0: about this. He made this speech before January 6th. Well, the state is there to provide for the common good, and the people who staff it are selfless crusaders for justice who are innocently trying to do what's best for you and me. I I mean... Come on. No, no, to the contrary, what this institution is, is a parasitic institution that lives off the labor of its subjects. That's what it is, and it engages in activities that would be considered the greatest moral enormities if engaged in by the citizens. But when they are engaged in by the ruling class, well, this is just a matter of public policy. We can expropriate you to whatever limit prudence will allow. We can kidnap you if the cause is just in our view and only we can decide whether it's just or not. Throw you in cages for arbitrary reasons. Anybody else doing this, we would immediately see there's something wrong with it. But we've been taught that well, these these are special people. Moreover, the state is looking to protect itself more than it's looking to protect you. And if you doubt that, consider the severity with which it treats crimes against itself, and compare that with the dispatch with which it goes after somebody who stole your ten dollars. Well, the- yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that that's something I think I think that resonates with a lot of people right now, as we see how the people from January 6th are continuing to be treated. I saw something last week. Apparently they arrested somebody else last week for January 6th, which is now, what, almost three years ago? Somebody was just arrested for this. Again, as Tom Woods just told you, they were just kidnapped. But because the state does it, right, done by law enforcement, Oh well, it's perfectly just. Now, some people might get upset about it, but you, you won't get upset about the fact that this goes on every single day in our country. Yeah, the state. The state. Uh, C.S. Lewis, the author. I need to go back and read some of his books. been a while since I've read anything from C.S. Lewis. I'm trying to be a better reader. My son is a prolific reader. One of the great successes I think I've had as a parent. My parent, I I just, I'm, I'm short on time, but I am currently reading a book. Uh, before i go to bed every night making sure i get at least a good chapter in but americans don't read enough in the first place but anyway cs lewis it was apparently recently his birth date and uh, ran across a quote from him he said the devil and this is uh this was shared by let me see this was i found this on twitter yeah somebody called a narco christian that's right and a christian that doesn't is not fan of the government that's that's nice i'm glad there's some out there they posted this and uh, the The graphic behind it is two, one red person and one blue person, one with an elephant in their head and one with a donkey in their head. And it says, the C.S. Lewis quote is this. It says, the devil always sends errors into the world in pairs, pairs of opposites. And he always encourages us to spend a lot of time thinking which is the worst. You see why, of course. He relies upon your extra dislike of the one error to draw you gradually into the opposite one. But do not let us be fooled. We have to keep our eyes on the goal and go straight through between both errors. Now, I'm not saying that C.S. Lewis meant that in the political sense, but I am saying that it fits. (laughs) Uh, The news this week was interesting. Some rumblings out of Texas. Uh, Apparently, they got enough signatures... And, and I'll be honest, I haven't done a ton of research on this, but it was heralded pretty highly, uh, again, on Twitter. This is where I have to see these things. I, I, that's the only social media I do, and I do like getting my news from there. Um, Texas is working towards a succession vote. Now, it sounded to me when I read uh, the news about it, it sounded like it was just for the GOP primary, uh, for the primary election that they are going to put this idea of Texas seceding from the country to a vote of Republican primary voters. I mean, that's something, but it feels to me like it's a long way away from anything being serious. Uh, either way, I'm, I'm happy to see a movement in that direction, but I also understand that my enthusiasm for that would be wildly tempered because I understand the, the, the establishment GOP runs Texas. This is the home of the Bushes and I mean, the Ted Cruz. I mean, these people are not. Uh, these are not the the freedom lovers that people may think. Now, Texas certainly, compared to Michigan or New York, I certainly I wouldn't mind living in Texas. And if they get a little closer to the succession vote, <laughs> then I may I may be a Texan before long. But I'm just under no illusion that the establishment of Republicans also understand Texas contributes a lot of money to our country. There'll be a fight to let them go. And it will be fought by Republicans in Congress that spend money just like the Democrats do. They will not want to see Texas leave. So I'm under no illusion that Texas will succeed in seceding. The, the other thing I started thinking about when I was looking at this, I, I'll admit, I get a little tingle of excitement and thinking about it. Someone had a map of the United States with Texas missing from it. And I, I got to tell you, I kind of liked it. I love the United States. I think we need to. We need to separate out into some different areas. We can still be the United States, and maybe we could come together under some things. Maybe. <laughs> Are there a few things that might be able to tie really conservative, then some libertarian, then some left wing areas together? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I think we need to retreat to our own corners and run our own lives the way we see fit. If you want to live in a Democrat-run area or liberal-run area or a big-government Republican area where you have big governments there, God love you. Good luck with that. I want to be free of it all. I'll go to that corner of the country. But I also know that these calls for succession from the United States are always biggest with the Republicans when there's a Democrat in charge. If Trump is reelected or probably any Republican, I believe Texans will drop this. They'll drop this move for succession because can you imagine how that would make Donald Trump look if he was president of the United States and he lost to the biggest state in the country? I'm not counting Alaska. Come on, let's be honest. We don't normally count Alaska. But uh, Texas would be a a big thing to lose so as soon as Donald Trump or any Republican gets into office, I think this will be uh, tamped down and then the next time there's a nut job uh, like Joe Biden in the in the White House, they'll try to crank it up again. I just, you know, this feels a little attention-seeking, but I I hope I'm wrong. There's so many things I hope I'm wrong about, but partisanship ruins most people. There's not, there's not, very few people have core beliefs, core principles, ideologies. They really, they play politics, and I'm sure it's very popular right now in Joe Biden's America to talk about leaving. As I said, um, Ted Cruz from Texas announced a bill to end the IRS and replace it with a flat tax. I believe the only justifiable flat tax is zero, but Americans are too scared to ask for that, and even somebody who's doing something radical, again, I don't think this will go anywhere. Uh, we'll see if Javier Mille is able to do anything with their tax system down in Argentina. Maybe that will be something that convince Americans that we're not as helpless as they like us to believe, but... Uh, the idea of a flat tax is basically saying you want to be the house slave. You're tired of being out in the fields. It's hot out there to have to file that 1090 and 1040, 1020, whatever it is. You, know, you have to file all your taxes and keep all your receipts. You want to be in the house slave where it's comfortable, where they just take that 10% and leave you alone. I still think that's a slave mentality. We'll see. Uh, Elon Musk. I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and take a break now and then come back cuz there's several things around Elon boy he made some he made some big headlines this past week for all the right reasons I got to tell you I enjoyed it too but Elon Musk made some news and Ron DeSantis had a win it it has been staggering to see how badly Ron DeSantis's campaign has been run and really how how wooden and uninteresting he can be. Now, I can't stand his foreign policy is terrible. I told you before he even announced he was running for president. I loved him as the governor of Florida. I was scared to death when he opened his mouth about foreign policy, and I was dead right about it. He's a neocon warmonger. His, horror, his foreign policy is absolutely horrific, but he did get a win. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. Stick around.
0: Schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic
2: psycho. All right, final segment for today. We'll try to get some things shoved in here. In the last little segment here, yeah, Ron DeSantis had a, a debate with Gavin Newsom. And I can only imagine in the minds of these two guys, they thought that maybe this is something to raise their national profile. Ron DeSantis feels like he really needed a Hail Mary for his presidential campaign. It seems to be seems to be winding down a bit. I think uh, I think Trump's the guy. Um, But apparently he had a had a pretty big win. I saw some clips from it. Gavin Newsom is so sleazy and so slimy. uh, I don't think it would be hard. His state has just got such a horrific record. As I said, I spent a couple of months in California this year. And I don't think I ran into a single person that I got into a meaningful conversation with where they didn't say, yeah, it's a great state, but I'm planning on getting out of here. I'm talking about every single person. I complimented the beauty of their state. They acknowledged that beauty and the weather. And then they said they were planning on leaving. So I don't know uh, I don't know how hard it would be to beat Gavin Newsom uh, in a debate. But anyway, Ron DeSantis had a moment in the sun there. He really... I will tell you, I I think that um, I think I was wrong about this. I I crow about some things I was right about. I thought Ron DeSantis might make a pretty big splash and uh, dispatch with Trump. People getting tired of Trump's baggage and some of the other things. I was dead wrong about that. Trump, without lifting a finger or attending a single debate, (laughs) has pretty much trounced the field. God help you people, if you if Nikki Haley gets on that ticket as a vice president, there's some rumblings about that, or if uh, the establishment GOP gets her somehow as your nominee. I, I don't know who's worse, Joe Biden or Nikki Haley. I, I really, that that is so close to call for both of them being absolutely horrific. I can imagine, I don't have a whole lot of Nikki Haley people listening to this show <laughs> after the show that I've put on for the past almost seven years now. Imagine there's not a lot of Nikki Haley fans still left out there. She is a repulsive, repugnant human being, and it's sad to see her getting anywhere in the polls. She should have been dispatched, as Mike Pompeo and Mike Pence were as well, but she's still hanging in there. Um, Elon Musk. I'm not going to play the clip. Everybody's heard it now. Basically, Elon Musk at one of these uh, get-togethers, I'm I've, I've spacing on the name right now, but they had something where Andrew Ross, Ross Sorkin was asking him about advertising on Twitter, and he let out the big screw you to his advertisers if they're going to hold him up for free speech. And I got to tell you, it was a, it was a great moment. It was interesting. Now, I've said, and not because I know, but because I've listened to people who are smarter than me, Elon Musk has other plans for Twitter other than just a social media thing. The way I use it is just to scroll through and see pictures of puppies and cats and then the occasional news story, which is really how I use Twitter. Um, He's got plans for it to be the everything app. This is his stated goal. And so I believe advertising is going to play less and less of a role in that company anyway. So I don't know he's, you know... He's probably leaving some money on the table. But if you've got a couple of hundred billion dollars, can you really be blackmailed with money at this point? Now, I would love to say that I'm wrong about Elon Musk. I'm still suspicious of the guy, but he he's entertaining to me. I enjoy the place that Elon Musk has staked out for himself on the side of free speech, calling out wokeness and and some of the other things. And, you know, I will say he made this comment, the big FU2 uh to his advertisers about a day or two before he released the Cybertruck. I'm not saying that uh, he, he just made a big stand for free speech and, and made this statement uh, as a means to draw attention to himself before the release of the Cybertruck, but it was a pretty nice coincidence. Holy cow, to look at Twitter for the last few days as this Cybertruck is being launched, you would think this is the greatest automobile that has ever been released. Now, uh, Tesla does have a fantastic video of a of a Cybertruck racing a Porsche 911, one of my dream cars, and it beats the 911, and at the very end you see that it was actually also towing another 911. The, the Cybertruck was towing a 911 as it beat a 911 <laughs> on the quarter mile or whatever it was. This is really a genius ad. And a lot of good marketing around that. I'm still not sold on the Cybertruck as far as the aesthetics of it, but I know a lot of people are going nuts nuts for it. I will say that Elon Musk is a genius marketer, as most people are. Uh, There were also, there's a lot of talk about the advertisers that have pulled things from. Now, of course, I I will say this too. What did Elon Musk do in response to the charges of anti-Semitism with with Twitter. Did he just come out and say the same thing that I would say if anybody would charge me for that because I can't stand the Israeli government. Of course I can't stand the French government or the English government or our government. Nobody accuses me of being anti-French people, anti-German people, anti-Spanish people, but they'll accuse me of being anti-semite because I don't like the country the government of Israel for some reason because people are like children. Let's just be honest. But what, what did he do to make up for what was perceived as some level of anti... He had the accusation. It's, it's like the racism accusation. Once it's slung at you, you've got to scramble. Well, he went to Israel and he met with Benjamin Netanyahu. I wasn't a big fan of that move, but then I realized he was also selling his Starlink. He's got some kind of military-grade Starlink system, space shield, star shield, something along those lines. If this was just a sales call... Then another genius move by Elon Musk. But the, a lot of talk was about these advertisers that have pulled from, pulled from uh, Twitter. Now, Disney and Walmart are among them. What's very going to be very interesting to see is can the American people, there's a lot of people on Elon's side, a lot of people out there crying for freedom of speech. They're not down with this stuff. They're mad at these advertisers that have pulled. There's a long laundry list of them. Don't have time to get into it. But I'd be very interested to see how many of you out there who are free speech champions right now. Well, at least you were before the uh, before October 7th. Now I see a lot of people on the right that want to shut up people on college campuses. They want to shut down. They want people fired because they say the wrong thing about uh, Israel and Hamas is squaring off. But how many people out there who these free speech champions right now that are tired of the censorship of our government and the left, how many of you will actually stand up and boycott Walmart coming into Christmas? I got to tell you, we'll find out. I would imagine if I went to the Madison Walmart at some time during Christmas, it will be as just as crowded as always been. I have been a proud boycotter of Walmart for some time. I just don't like the stores. And uh, there's some great documentaries about Walmart out there, too, that just show you this is not a company that cares about you. I'm not a fan. We'll see if that boycott holds. That's all the time I've got for today. Have a great one. I'll see you again
1: tomorrow. Bye-bye.
0: No you and when, when it's time to no handle business and we know what to, do. what to do. Me and my crew, we stay true, old school and new many will call
3: but the shows in the few. We rise to the top, what you-